It's 723 on a uh, Tuesday morning. Joining us now in our studios is Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. Matt, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. It is uh, spring has sprung. It is 80 degrees today. Spring is here, and actually we're just kind of going right through it and into summer. Well, and you know, we've had that. It feels like we've had that the last couple of years, Jeff, where... You know, we've gone right from winter to summer. Mm-hmm. I, I really like spring. Um, fall is my favorite season, right? But mm-hmm. if, uh, if so we can maintain fall, that would be good. But uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a 65 and sunny kind of guy. So going right to 80, we'll live with it for well, sure. Well, we'll have baseball today. The uh, Raiders start their season Yes, today. they do. Looking forward to it. And, and what a great and, – and no better time. Those kids have been working hard. And it certainly was uh, challenging to see, you know, continued winter weather as they mm-hmm. were. I mean, they're nearly a month into their uh, spring sports season, and you know, just really starting to get to be able to get outside. Get outside. So great for the Raider athletics uh, that we've got some sunshine coming today. All right, let's talk about what happened. Uh, athletics was actually one of the topics last night involving at least one person. A real cool thing, a guy that I worked with for twenty some years, and uh, really have a lot of respect for. Yeah, I uh, was able to share last night that uh, Tom Groutman, uh, the f- longtime Northfield School District staff member, as many people know, Tom was a, a teacher and a coach and longtime director of student activities, uh, those jobs over 30 plus years in the school district. And uh, we still have Tom working for us. You know, Tom does some substitute teaching for us, really continuing to make an impact on kids. And uh, of course, you know, Tom Groutman is a community treasure. And uh, we're happy that the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association also have recognized that because uh, in the last week in March, Tom was inducted into their Hall of Fame. And so the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic, or excuse me, Activities Administrators Association is the activities director professional group through the state. And they give a number of awards each year. And Tom was inducted into their Hall of Fame. I think many of us know that Tom was just everywhere. Uh, when he was activities director. In fact, sometimes I thought he was cloned because I'd go to a couple of of events and he was at both of them. And I, I, I always thought he must have had like a Star Trek transporter to get between places. Uh, no one more passionate about Raider athletics than Tom Groutman. No, more, no one more committed to Norfield uh, than Tom Groutman. But we also, uh, I don't think many people really understood the dramatic impact that he has had on student activities across the state. Uh, the press release from uh, the MNIAA uh, shared all of the different things that he had a hand in. Uh, also, former president of the Minnesota State High School League board, or the board board chair, and served on their board of directors. So, not just a great impact on uh, you know thousands of students here in Northfield over his time here, but also across the state. So, we wholeheartedly congratulate Tom on that well deserved recognition. Yeah, absolutely, a Hall of Fame that uh, and certainly deserving. Uh, we have, you also had a, there was another recognition last night. There was. And so we just learned, uh, actually over the weekend that, uh, our area learning center is being highlighted by a statewide organization called Synergy and Leadership Exchange. They run uh, a character, a set of character recognition awards and the area learning center was awarded with something that's called a promising practice. And so the, what their promising practice is a Wednesday schedule and the Wednesday schedule is a, interesting, Jeff. It's a little bit different of a schedule for the ALC. Um, so on Wednesdays, uh, rather than having their regular class schedule, students sign up for 
experiential learning opportunity. So it's a little bit different. So there's programs like Youth Build where students learn some construction skills. There's cooking courses, flower arrangement. There's knitting. There's been fishing from time to time. It's a it's a way for students to be able to take what they've learned and apply it in new and novel circumstances. Uh, and we know that that is something that's really powerful, especially for area learning center students. And so this is something that they've been doing for a couple of years. And I'm so happy that Daryl Keller and the amazing area learning staff and our outstanding student body at the ALC was recognized for this pretty innovative schedule that they have one day a week. And so uh, they will be recognized at the Synergy and Leadership Exchange Character Recognition Awards uh, about a month from now on May 16th at St. Mary's University Center in Minneapolis. So uh, congratulations to Daryl, the area learning staff, and to the students for this innovative scheduling that has brought their school some recognition. We're very proud of them. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Let's get into uh, last night's meeting, the heart of it. You had a lot of, it's the time of year where you have budget stuff, and you have a number of different budgets that you have to deal with. Uh, where do you want to start with this? Well, I think let's let's go ahead and just start with the internal service fund, uh, okay. because I think that's something that we've talked about on this show, even though people don't recognize the internal service fund term. But we've talked about uh, for a long time about how proud we have been of the district's uh, employee benefits program. The employee benefits program over the course of my time here has been really a jewel. It's been something that has really recruited people from other school systems um, because of having quality benefits. Even if we might not pay as much as the metro area, people really value the uh, health and dental insurance benefits that we have. You also know that over the last couple of years, as we all know, um, health insurance has been a little bit chaotic as we've come through the pandemic. We've shared with you we've had to make some additional investment from the board level uh, to offset some challenges that we've had with our health insurance and uh, specifically our health insurance fund. And we had to stabilize that budget. And what I'm happy to share is that uh, Director of Finance Val Murdersdorf last night uh, shared that the invest the extra investments that the board made in our employees, of course, we need great employees to do great work for kids, right? So employee benefits are an important tool for us, especially when we know that we have a shortage in education for uh, people who want to go into education. So the board has invested about $1.4 million in addition uh, to uh, all the employee premiums, et cetera, over the last two years to stabilize that budget. Uh, and we are on back on the right track. We're seeing that fund balance grow back um, to where it's on track to where it should be. It's not to our goal of having 40% of the uh, projected expenditures in reserve, but we have come back up from 27% to a projected uh, 31% at the end of this fiscal year. So it's interesting. Our uh, employee benefits programs run January to December, but our fiscal years run, of course, July 1 to June 30th. So this was good news. Uh, I appreciate, we sincerely appreciate the board's support of this program. It's really important to us. It's important to our employees. It helps us recruit and retain high quality staff. And it looks like we are getting through this. Uh, we had a, It's one of the only times that I, since I've been here 14 years where we had this downturn uh, in the health insurance program. So we are back on track is what it appears to be and have stabilized that budget, which is good news for everybody in the community because this is something that is really important to recruit and retain high quality staff. Is it unusual for a school district to, to maintain their own insurance? Uh, do most of them hire out for that? What, what's the norm? So I think that what I would say is that when you think about the 332 districts in Minnesota, it would not be the norm for a district to have a self-funded health insurance, but it is becoming more popular. You see very small school districts that co-op together 
in their regions so that they have a larger pool of people to be insured. Of course, if you have a larger people of, uh, pool of people to be insured, um, you have an opportunity to have a better price, and each of those organizations can help offset if one school district in that area has a, a tougher year, another school district that had a really good year in terms of not having to spend as much on uh, on employee um, on paying out employee benefits for you know health bills, etc. Um, it uh, it all it evens itself out. But the process that we use or the practice that we use is becoming more popular in school districts around our size and larger. And part of that is that you are able to have more control over your circumstances. For a district like ours, who we went 10 years without having to raise our premiums. If we had been in a cooperative format for that period of time, a number of those years we would have taken a substantial increase, not because of our results, but because of the results of another district that we were cooperating with. So in this case, um, it is becoming more popular, I think. And you're going to have some inevitable ups and downs with these uh, programs, we have had a remarkable run, and we're really happy to see it stabilize and move back toward um, having the amount of uh, reserves that we want to make sure that that program can continue to be successful. Superintendent Matt Hillman is with us. Let's talk about the the, the item that drew the most attention last night was uh, some budget cuts. Uh, we've talked about that uh, quite a bit over the course of the last couple of years, actually, but uh, uh, you did uh, make some uh, moves to uh, trim a few things from the budget. Tell us about that. Yes, and as, as people know, we were unfortunately having to make another $2.5 million of reduction this year after around $4.5 million of reductions last year. We know that this is due to uh, decades of chronic state underfunding, both the formula and the special education cross-subsidy, and declining enrollment that is not just happening here, but it's also happening across the state and across the nation. We also know that it's a structural problem at the state, Jeff, right? When districts like Wyzetta and Edina and New Prague and Rochester and Mankato and Farmington, I could go on and on, you get my point. When people hear the names of those districts, that those are all districts that are making substantial budget reductions, we know that it is a structural state problem, and we need to really work on that at the legislature. We still have to do the hard work here as a result of that to make sure that our budget is stabilized so we can provide the best system for students and for families as possible. So the board did vote to approve uh, some updated packages last night. I do want to thank the community. As you know, we first started talking about this on February 27th. That was the first board meeting that we shared the proposed list of reductions that were based on the priorities from last year's committees that we had over 70 people involved in the development of those priorities last year. We shared those on February 27th. We shared them widely with the community. We, again, talked about them on March 13th. We had very well-attended public meetings on the 13th and 16th. The board had a work session last week, and it culminated last night in their decision to adopt all of the updated recommendations. Now, there are around 35 different line items, and the three that I want to highlight that were updated based on community feedback. So people listening, when you share your feedback, the district listens, and we can't always accommodate what everyone would like us to change, but here are three important changes. There had been an original recommendation to eliminate middle school after-school activities and replace it with a community education uh, intramural program. We heard clearly from the community that was not something they could accept, so the updated recommendation was to maintain those activities with fee increases for activities in grades 6 through 12. The activity bus that takes students around from school to school to get them to practice after school, that had been proposed for elimination. We heard clearly from the community about that. 
We're increasing the admission fee for Northfield High School activities by a total of $2. One of those dollars will help support the high school activities budget. The other dollar will maintain that activity bus. Third, we proposed a uh, change from a seven-period day to a six-period day. Now, we heard a lot of feedback about this. We heard some uh, critical feedback. We heard some people who said, I, that, we, we can live with that. That's, that's a good strategy. But there was also some real concern about pulling it off and being able to implement it in this fall. So the updated recommendation was to make that change, but not to do it until the 2024-25 school year. So the board of those around 35 different budget line items approved 34 of them unanimously. And the one that was not unanimous was the change to the six-period day, again, not being implemented until 24-25. So we can have a chance to dive into all of those concerns that people had and that the valid concerns that people brought forward. That was passed on a four-to-three vote. And so um, we we are moving ahead now, Jeff. Now, with that, a six-period day, when would school start? Is this just the middle school or is this it is, throughout? It is just the middle school. Mm-hmm. And the, the start and end times are projected to remain the same. Mm -hmm. What happens is you change what happens during the school day. So basically there's a couple of different ways that it could go. Um, Most likely some class periods would be, or class periods would be a little bit longer. That depends if we implement a homeroom or something like that. So the bottom line is that the student day will remain the same or or remarkably close Mm -hmm. to the same. So nobody has to worry about our, is the middle school starting later? Is it ending earlier? Nope. It's the same start and end time. It's just how we structure that time during the day. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman, is our guest right now. Is there anything else from last night's meeting or anything concerning that budget you'd like to pass along? Just a couple of items that Mm -hmm. I want to reiterate that we understand the, while we made these approvals last night, we do so regretfully. We regret that the state has not held up their end of the bargain, their constitutional responsibility to provide a uniform system of public schools, a number of things that we've talked about in the past. Uh, we regret you know, that due to you know, both lower birth rates and the housing situation here in the community, we have some declining enrollment. Um, so we know that these things are incredibly painful. They impact people. You cannot reduce a budget in a school without impacting people because everything that we offer, both our programs and the services to support those programs, are valuable, and they have value to someone. So this is a tough week for our school district. Um, I'm proud of the process. I'm proud of how people stepped forward and made sure that their voices were known. We estimate more than 150 people showed up to those t- over those two public meetings. And last night, Jeff, at the final meeting when the board was going to adopt uh, those recommendations, we had less than 10 people in the audience. And that's not because people weren't engaged. Many of them were watching online. But what we think is that the process allowed Norfielders to, and uh, residents of the school district to have that direct connection with the school board so that they could share their perspectives in multiple formats over multiple weeks. And Norfield can be proud of this process. We don't have to like the result. In fact, we can be angry about the result because of the reasons that have forced us to do this. Um, however, we can be proud of the fact that we ran a process that was um, re- uh, reflective of what Northfield expects. And so I thank everyone who emailed, who called, who came to the public meetings. We will start executing uh, you know, the staffing changes that will happen uh, as a result of these budget cuts as we move ahead. But I just thank you for being people and people being involved. And I ask you to take that frustration and advocate at the state legislature. 
And we just need to explain to them that this is so important for us to be able to get these structural fixes that we have asked for for some time. Matt, thank you so much for coming in It's my today. pleasure, we Jeff. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you again in a you week, bet. too. Take care. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. You're listening to 95.1 FM and 